I use my family as my recovery. That's my feel right now. Just getting back to where I was. You know, for them. That, you know, I think I feel like I should be more selfish and do it for myself, but I feel like everything I do anymore is for them. I don't think anything's easy. Like, if I'm gonna do it, I'm gonna do it full-fledged and hard as I possibly can, especially on long runs and races and you know, long training days. I don't want things to be easy. I don't want things given to me. I wanna work for it. And I don't think enough people do that. Welcome to the new podcast, The Only Way Is Through, a collaboration between Under Armour and iHeartRadio. Episode three, Kyle Dietz, Suffer Progress. Some people have a fire that burns inside them. It goes beyond training, beyond sport. It's intangible. It's the thing that tells you to get back up after you've been knocked down. The thing that tells you to keep moving forward when you've got nothing left in the tank. Former MMA fighter turned ultra runner Kyle Dietz has a burning desire to be challenged and to endure. It pushes him through steep inclines of mud and hard rock, through ultra marathons that span hundreds of miles. An ultra is the ultimate test of stamina, strength, and determination. Because when you're 60 miles in, with 60 miles to go, you gotta search for something greater than yourself to push toward that finish line. For Kyle, it's the thing that keeps him primed for the battles that you can't train for. It would even be the thing that pushes him through the toughest fight of his life. Kyle sat down with Cal Fussman to share his story. Here's Cal. So tell us, what got you into trail running? My buddy, his wife was going to do this race. He, he was telling me about it before I knew what they were. He was like, she's going to run this 30-mile race. And I just started laughing. I was like, no one runs 30 miles. That's impossible. So I looked into it. Then he was signing up for a 50-mile. I was like, would you want to do it with me? I was like, sure. He'd failed on it a couple times before. He's like, you get me to mile 30, you can go do your own thing. Where is this race taking place? Wisconsin. He knew everything, every ins and outs of running, but I was a better athlete than he was. So we get to mile 30, I look over at him, and he's like, you, you guys can go. So me and my buddy Flinch went, just took off. And it was until like the last five miles, because I started cramping up. I didn't really know how to hydrate right or... <laughs> <laughs> this is a funny story. I'm running and I, my leg just goes poof, like it seized up on my hamstring and I fell. <laughs> and I look at the back of my leg and it looks like there's a softball. It's just this giant knot. I'm like screaming. <laughs> I'm like grabbing sticks and rubbing sticks on my leg. I'm like, oh. <laughs> so I get up and I'm like, all right, I think I'm good. I walk like 10 feet and it happens again. <laughs> he said it would look like a ghost walking in. But I finished and I did pretty well. So that kind of. Let me hear. Running for me was always discipline. Like I had to cut weight or I had to keep my endurance up to fight or whatever. So it was never fun. It was never, ever, ever fun. So doing these triathlons and stuff, my buddy takes me to the trails or whatever, and I was like, Screw this. Trail running is where it's at. This is what I want to do. The minute you got out on the trail, it you clicked. felt that this is it. Yep. This is what I was really born to do. Yeah. It was just like an instant love. Love at first sight kind of that feeling. 
what am I doing? <laughs> like, this is awesome. What, what is it about it, just being able to see so it's like like nature of, and its majesty? Yeah, it's a sense of awe. You get that fresh air, leaves are changing, sun. It's hard to explain if you don't do it. W- were you seeing life in a different way? In a sense, yeah. Just kind of like, why haven't I done this sooner? I grew up playing in the woods and running around. There was like a sense of nostalgia. Like it came back to me. I was like, man, I feel like a kid. I'm out here running, being doing the hell I want, and climb this tree if I want. Like, no one's going to tell you what to do out there. The moment you just described was fantastic. And it's your first moment. Is, is there a best moment that you can recall on, on the trails as you're moving forward? It was a failed attempt, but uh, I went to Dominica couple years back and it was i was running the waitukabui trail so the trail they say it's 115 miles and they're like oh how long do you think it'll take you and i was like oh maybe like oh 24 hours i can get it done in a day so we fly into saint martin and it is the most mountainous island i've ever seen in my life so they give us the map and we're looking through topo it's just like ups and down up and down up and down up and down i'm like cool it's 115 miles we're like yeah we think they don't know <laughs> So we start in this tiny little cap that's off the island and it's kind of almost like a little bridge and we run up into the jungle. I've never ran in the jungle before. <laughs> I don't really care for jungles, but I'm like, what kind of wildlife do I need to be worried about? Like snakes, spiders, I was like, there's nothing on the island that's poisonous. I was like, okay, that's really good to know. Can anything kill me? They were like, oh, well, <laughs> like, there might be some stuff out there. It's like, all right, whatever. So we start and it's so hot. It's like, sweating brutal it's literally brutal and i had no idea what time it was and i didn't know how much time i'd gone by i just wasn't looking at my watch i was just trying to get done how long was the race in total it wasn't a race we were trying to set the fastest known time on the trail and to be the first ones to do it so we go on it comes nighttime i hear crunch 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 i turn on my headlamp and as far as i can see out it's just crabs we're literally running on top of crabs like you don't see the ground because it's just giant crabs. And that's the only way through is you had to run on top of them. <laughs> it's disgusting. I'd been running for exactly like 24, 25 hours straight. My last few miles, I ran 30-minute miles. That's how dense it was. That's very slow. <laughs> I'd only made it 55 miles in 37,000 feet of elevation gain. <laughs> it was insane. But it was Amazing trip. Just watching your face tell that story, I can tell how much you loved even the worst moments of it. It was just hilarious. <laughs> so what year, more or less, did you start running on oh, the trails? Shoot. About, I think I'm going on maybe eight or nine years now. And I actually have a, quite a bit of memory loss from my injury, but uh, I don't know the exact date when I really started trail running. Okay, so you have no memory from the time that these symptoms are approaching. So when I start acting weird or whatever, people are like, hey, are you all right? Go, oh, I just have migraines. I've always had them. I know how to deal with them. So that was it. But people were like, is Kyle on drugs? What is going on? And he's not acting like himself. Like I would just be at work and I would leave or I just wouldn't show up to work. That's not me. One day I was at work, I didn't know what I was doing. 
I didn't know how to do my job. What was the job? I was on the computer. I didn't know how to like type in all the stuff. And I didn't know my coworkers' names. Everything was just shutting down. I remember I was in the bathroom. And I didn't know how to go to the bathroom. No, I didn't know what, what I was doing. So you became reclusive. What about your girlfriend? It's at this point, things go blank. Kyle only remembers this period because of what his friends and family have told him. They've helped him fill in the gaps. Kyle's dad, Fred, his daughter, Ava, his friend, Nathan, and his girlfriend, Kelly, will guide us through, just like they did for Kyle. We'd only been together probably six months before things had started to like kind of flip. She was like reaching out to my friends, like what's going on with Kyle? Yeah, it was just flaky, like he wasn't, he needs to be reliable, and then wasn't. The last couple months when I was getting these calls, calls from friends, calls from his boss, you need to check on Kyle, he goes, he's always here early, and he didn't show up. I think more towards like the end, he stopped like coming around more because he forget a lot of things. And then it was just, he was very manic, where he would not work out at all. He just wasn't around a lot. I finally was able to track him down. We just went for a run. Then we get to a spot, and I really had to, to relieve myself, so I took off. I came back, and I, I didn't, didn't see him. Eventually, I worked my way back down to the car, and all the cars were gone. Hey, you were going to go to the doctor, right? Did you do that? And I was telling everyone I was going to the hospital, but I really wasn't. I was like, yeah, but, you know, I got checked out, but it was just in my head. I had no idea. I didn't know, like, I hate saying that to him, but like, I was like, I didn't know if you were like a con artist or what was happening because when I first met you, you were this person and then like, ah, everything stopped. So I call a doctor and he goes, we hadn't seen Kyle in seven years. Really? And then my dad came and was like, we're taking you to the hospital right now. He tell you this, we've seen something we really don't like. You have a brain tumor compared to the brain, looked like about one-third of the brain. My tumor was so big, it was pressing on my personality. I think it was a Saturday or Sunday, and I was in my room, and my grandma called me, and she told me. And so I cried to my mom about it. It was pretty rough. I had no feelings. Like, if you were to tell me your dog got ran over, it'd be nothing to me. That's been one of the hardest things for me. I feel like I was a piece of shit to people. He's super apologetic to all of his friends, thinking he let us down. And I, I didn't go knock on his door to see if he was okay. So what kind of friend am I? And, and people understand, but it's like, that, that kills me. That shit kills me, thinking about it. Kyle's tumor was diagnosed as a hemangioparasitoma, a type of aggressive tumor that can occur anywhere in the body where capillaries exist. Kyle's grew in the frontal area of his brain. Unlike most tumors, Kyle's was growing for as long as eight years, remaining undetected, and by the time it was discovered, was already stage three. Out of 99% of all brain tumors, there was a 1% chance anyone could ever have this tumor. Looks how rare it was. Thankfully, these doctors, they all came together and like, I think there was two teams that worked on me for 15 hours straight. Yeah, <laughs> they got it all out. And they said if I wouldn't have gone in, I probably wouldn't have made another two weeks. 
it's insane. So I'm very thankful for my friends and family to get my ass in there. <laughs> His mind works in the athlete way. That's Kyle's girlfriend, Kelly. She stuck by Kyle's side every step of the way. When he woke up from surgery, there was no sit-down talk about, well, if something goes wrong and you can't run again, it was like, okay, what do we do next? Let's take the next step. Let's be there. Let's just kind of move in the moment and not worry about how far ahead we're looking. He couldn't walk. He was just going to keep standing until he could take a step and then go from there. Out of the hospital, I couldn't see, I couldn't hear, couldn't walk, I couldn't really do shit. It was awful. I could see, but like I couldn't make out anything. And my ear, I could hear, but it was constant ringing. Learning how to walk again, that was tough. My equilibrium was so off. I'd stand, I'd get up out of my chair because I had to sit up for a long time. I'd get it and I would just stand there just to work on my balance until I'd fall back into my chair. Each member of Kyle's family played a significant role in his rehab. His dad spent each day helping him learn to walk again and guiding him as Kyle pushed himself. Here's Fred Dietz. And, uh, okay, we're going to go. We're going to go out the door. Okay, no, we're going to go out the door and pass Bob's house. Okay, we're going to go out the door past pass Bob's house the next door. And he's wore out. I mean, that's all he's got. So the next day, we're going to go a little bit further, a little bit further, and then get to the end of the block, which is like a 100-mile marathon now. Just everything he had to get to the end of the block and touch the telephone pole. <laughs> let's stop right here. No, let's touch the telephone pole. I can't carry you back. I'll be okay. I got to touch the telephone pole. Okay, so touch the telephone pole. Wobble back. <laughs> Kyle's daughter spent long hours with her dad while he got better, playing games and working on puzzles to help his mind. I would sleep on the couch right next to him, so like I would always be awake all the time, so then if he needed help, I would help him upstairs to use the bathroom, and I would sit and wait for him so I can take him back downstairs. We did like word searches all the time, and we could never find words, so we'd always get mad. <laughs> and then we'd just put it down and walk away. They wouldn't give up on me. They wouldn't let me give up on myself. Same with my daughter. She's built just like me. Bless her, she's the best. Um, she. Uh, What's her name? Ava. Ava. Yeah. What did it feel like walking on your own for the first time? It was emotional. It was. And like my first run back. So we have a sky bridge at home. My buddies all took me to go for a run. And it was dead of winter. We had a horrible winter. So they took me up there. I think I ran down one stretch of it. I don't know if you'd call it running, but I shuffled down. And I think I just tucked into one of the corners and just broke down, started crying. It was, it was hard. <laughs> just that you were able to be running again. Yeah, it was, it was, it was rough. It was hard on me, like, because I didn't think I was gonna be able to get back. Like, you know, I'm not a negative person, but I was like, how the hell am I gonna get back on my feet after all this? Here's Nathan Tackett, a running partner and friend of Kyle's. He's passionate about all sorts of different things. And when it burns, it's bright, man. Just like that dimmer over there on that wall. When he finds something, whether it's you know, friend, you know, friends that he likes or, or any activity he's going to do, you know, his mountain climbing, fighting, bike, it's going to be that light switch is on. And it's on all the way. There's no, no dimmer there. Then, you know, my, my opinion of him is so high as an athlete and was just a man. But as a runner, it was so good that I was like, well, finally, slow down a little bit. Maybe I can keep up with him finally. That's not true. Maybe that first run or two, but... 
but not so. <laughs> At what point does your memory return? I remember stuff, like off the bat, I remember stuff, chunks of stuff I still don't remember. Do you remember that you love to run? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was weird. I remember I woke up wanting to train fighting again, though. Like, I, that's all I wanted to do was start doing MMA again. <laughs> uh, hold on. Going back for a minute. Did MMA help give you the tools through this? Through training, yeah. So, like, our gym was known for being one of the toughest gyms as well. And you basically go through, like, a hell week. It's everyone just beats the shit out of you. You gotta prove your worth. You get your ass kicked and you keep coming back and you earn that respect. You didn't really get a chance to take a break. It was, they would do rounds on you. You're exhausted, Mm -hmm. the other guy's fresh. Yeah. And you're just getting beat up. Yeah. What does that teach you? Everything. How to keep that dog in you, right? You wanna keep fighting, you don't wanna give up. Being able to endure and coming back over and over and over and suffering. Once you have that, does it translate to every aspect of your life? For me, it has. Out of all the things I've done, I don't think that's ever going to leave me. That's the championship belt right there. When I run, I'm fighting. When I ride my bike, I'm fighting. When I'm doing anything, I'm fighting. The fighter will always be in me. So that just doesn't ever leave me. But as you recovered, you had trouble remembering other things? Chunks of stuff I still don't remember. It's just weird. Like, I didn't remember a couple of my buddies still. I'm learning them. Even now, Mm -hmm. you're meeting people who you knew for a long time. Mm -hmm. Could you remember when you met Kelly? No, no, I had no idea. So You didn't even know when you met your girlfriend. When I woke up, I thought I was still with my ex-girlfriend. We had been apart for almost two years. So when I woke up, my feelings were still for that person. So did Kelly have to win your heart all over again? She did. Flying colors. Like you're in the hospital. Your girlfriend is there. You don't even know who she is. Mm-mm. Don't recognize her. No, nothing. And now she's got to make you realize that yeah. you're together. So it was cool. She, bless her heart. She never pressured me into a relationship. She never put it on me or made me feel bad for not remembering who she was. She made me like a big picture book with pictures of us doing things and try to help my memory and still nothing. But I see these photos of us and me with her family and you know, her friends and my friends and all this. I'm like, how? How was this blocked out? You know, so she won me over again. It's just made us stronger. Kyle's athletic ability is rooted in the intangibles. His heart, his focus, his fight. Kelly shares these same qualities. These are the things that bond them, that bring them balance. Here's Kelly. I could communicate for him no problem if somebody else was asking him something or he needed to tell somebody something and he couldn't get the words out. It just bonded so quick, so easy. And (laughs) there was a point we didn't know if we would just be friends or date or whatever else. That's kind of how it turned into us dating because he didn't want people 
to feel sorry for him. So my main goal was just to be there. And if he needed to see, then I would help him see. If he needed to walk, I'd help him be his legs. You just see someone who's so passionate, lose it, and then want it so bad. You don't give a crap about anything else. You just want to help them move along in their journey without feeling bad because they're a burden on somebody. My most proud moments of Kyle are behind the scenes. When no one's watching him or no one cares, he's going harder than anybody else that has no hindrance to their athletic ability. Like my tumor messed with my brain so much that now I have a clear conscience, right? So it's like all this stuff that I was like, these little disciplines and things I was just thinking about, my brain's working full force now. It's like everything's clear now. And like I see all these things like, oh man, if I did this better, I could do this. And So you could see clearly, but in one of the things that this affected was your eyes. Yeah. So I had really good eyes before this. Now I'm visually impaired. <laughs> so my left eye basically doesn't work. My right eye, it's like have a saran wrap over it. And my eyes are fine. It's the nerves from the trauma. I mean, that's probably the hardest thing that throughout this whole situation. A couple days after surgery, he said, don't take my eyes. And that's the only thing that has not come back. So that's pretty sad. But like I said, it's just something that you can't sit around and sulk in. Are you... <laughs> you just be stuck. So we just kind of move forward. And how does that affect you when you go out to run? I roll my ankles a lot. <laughs> my depth perception's really off. So, um, so they could come back. It might not. They don't know. Kelly, one of our, my first race, I think first real race, we ran a 50K arm in arm. So she, and she never ran that far in her life. Hold, <laughs> but hold been, on here. Hold on here. So you wake up in the hospital your girlfriend's there, and you don't even know she's your girlfriend. Yeah. And she's never really run before? So I, she ran a little bit from what she was telling me. Like, she would do, like, local races, like 5Ks, but, 10Ks. But, but now she's out with you for 50. So when I got back on my feet again and started running and walking, she was there. Her and my family were there with me every day. But – on a trail, it's a completely different landscape. Yeah. It's, it's not flat, and you have to really be able to see so wh that, where you're going. So we went out and ran a couple trails that I think I kicked every rock and rolled my ankle on every stump. Like So Kelly is with you when you're doing time. it? The whole arm time. Arm and arm. You're running arm Single and arm. Single track trail, arm and arm. That, how did she come through the day? She killed it. She's a beast. She is. She's as tough as nails. And she's stubborn, just like me. The longest I'd run was probably eight miles before this 50K we signed up for. I had no idea about a pace or anything. We were just going. And at this point in time, his eyes, if we got in a dark spot, he couldn't go over. So we just had to lock arms and keep going. So I would have to say step up, left, right. And it was affecting his back because he was coming down where you couldn't see. And... I think the fourth lap was when mentally I was like, okay, I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if I can finish this, but we're arm and arm. You can't say that because he's still going. And we ended up coming around. And when we finished, I mean, like it was just the most emotional thing in the world because everybody was there. 
And that's what I like about the whole trail community is everybody was so supportive. I mean, two people ripped their shirts off and were like, do you want to run another lap with someone? I'll run with you. If I was watching this on a movie screen, what would I be seeing and hearing? We were fine most of the day. It was more me. I'd get frustrated with myself because I'm not performing what I think I should be. I was just down on myself, I think, that whole run. You know, these people are whizzing past me that have never touched me before. I'm just, I'm competitive. And uh, it was just, it was hard. How can you be competitive after you've just had a brain tumor? It's just what I am. What, what does that tell you about approaching any illness where there are certain laws laid out? You got to do this, got to do that. I'd never, ever had anything like that happen before. I mean, I've broken hands and feet and all this random stuff from fighting and riding bikes, but like, I was never really ever taken out like that. I'm not a stationary person. I'm not built that way. I refuse to be that way. So I'm, I'm, I'm hard-nosed, so I just did it. And like I said, all my friends are the same. They're all the same mentality. When I get to those darker moments, whatever, I dig for negativity. That's kind of what I feed off of. You know, people doubting me, you know, you know things that's happened to me throughout my life. And when I get in those moments, I run harder. I get emotional. It's like a roller coaster. You know, I'm happy. I'm pissed. I'm going through it all. I'm going through all the motions, especially on long runs and races and, you know, long training days. You know, being out there for hours and hours on your own, your mind's all over the place. So you get into those dark zones. You get into those areas where most people will never tap. And I think that's what kind of fuels me and keeps me motivated to keep going. Kyle feeds on suffering. What I mean by that is, say you're in a, in a race and most of us normal mortals um, are you getting towards the end of the race. If we put out a lot of effort, we're struggling. And he fuels on that. He like, he like sniffs it, smells that, that suffering that people are doing. He gets stronger on it. Like other people, when he sees other people like shift back a gear, that gives him an extra gear. He'll try to like tell me to motivate myself. Think of something that just angers you or just think of the like worst possible thing. And like, I'm like, no, like absolutely not. Like I'm looking up into the sky to distract myself. Like I'm thinking about happy thoughts, but he just is someone who he's just very emotional. The small things are what he remembers, like the tiny little things. Like he just picks those awful things out of his life and just works against them. And just digs harder than anyone I've ever seen. But that's Kyle. (laughs) Since his injury, Kyle has worked to return to the trail, running, fighting. His people have cheered him through every step and every mile. The journey in front of him will be a challenge. But Kyle's more than used to adversity. He's built for it. Now, is Kelly still running with you arm in arm? Oh, nope. So I'm like, I've adapted pretty well to my surroundings. Um, you can do this alone now. Mm-hmm. Okay, then let's, let's go back to Colorado, where you're running with Kelly this last August. Yep. What was it that came to you to decide to get down on a knee. <laughs> oh, man. Everything that she's done. Man, she made me love her right off the bat. As much as I have no idea who she is, it was there. 
Like there was something between us. She's the best. Like she's been by my side. Anything I need, you know, I can't drive anymore. So she takes me to work every day, picks me up, takes me to my doctor's appointments. She's phenomenal with my daughter. They get along. They pick on me all the time. So what's it like that day when you decide this is the day? So I'd planned it for a little bit now. And um, I secretly got the ring because, you know, she does all of our bills and everything <laughs> anyway. And uh, so I secretly got this ring especially uh, made for her. And uh, we're running up. It's the day before the Trans Rockies. And uh, we're running way farther than we should have that day up mountainside in uh, Buena Vista. And I'm like, whole time running, I'm like, oh, we'll keep going a little far because I was looking for a spot with a, a nice landscape in the background. Can you see very well? Yeah, I, I can see. I can make so out. I've been is... in the area before. Okay. So I know the area. And uh, so we're running up this mountainside. I'm like, all right, this is a good spot. And I'm like, Under Armour wants us to do some media obligations, whatever. They want to do it for you. She's like, what? I was like, I don't want to talk in front of a camera. So I had to set my phone up. She's scolding me. She's pissed off that she has. She's like, let's just run. I don't want to do this. I'm like, I don't know how to answer a fake question. Then I gave her my little spiel. I got down on one knee and asked her. So the story goes. And how did she react? She jumped on me. Well, she said, are you fucking serious? And then she, she didn't believe me at first. But uh, it, was, it was a good day. Wow. Yeah. And, and how long after that was it when you could start to run alone? Sharing that moment with her, showing her what I used to do, and like explaining it to her along the way, like you know, going over you know, mountain peaks and stuff. It's like, it's the best. And like, you know, getting on top of a mountain and like sharing that view with her and everyone, it was, it was pretty cool. So being able to propose at the top of the mountain, does that feel like you won the battle that you'd been through? Yeah, in a, in a sense, yeah. Like I still got a lot of ground to cover. Before all this, everything I did, I was lone wolf by myself. I trained by myself, did races by myself. I never had crew, people crew me or come out and pace me for races. And now it's like I have a crew for a lifetime. If I would have done that a little bit earlier in my life, I don't know if, how much it would have changed my attitude, but I'm nothing without them. I think everyone needs a team. You can't be a loner forever. As much as I still love that mentality, you can't. At least I can't. So, you know, my team is the best. You know, my family, my friends, my daughter, you know, you guys, everyone that's involved in my life, it's my team. So I have a good support system. With that, I'm unstoppable. This trail season, Kyle's out to prove himself. He'll be running ultras throughout, including another trip to the six-day, 120-mile Trans Rockies. He's not just training to be the Kyle he was before his injury. He's training to be better, to prove his worth, to endure. This has been The Only Way Is Through, a podcast collaboration between Under Armour and iHeartRadio. Join us next time to hear more stories of athletic performance and what it means to push yourself through.